Welcome to the Ars Technicast, where Ars Technica writers and editors discuss the latest in the world of science, computing, technology, and everything else in between. During each episode, we dig deep into some of the issues we're writing about at ArsTechnica.com. We also talk about some of the stuff we're doing when we're not circling around the Ars orbiting headquarters. I am your host, social editor Cesar Torres, and today I am joined by my new co-host, Casey Johnston, Ars contributing writer. Hi. Hey. Well, you've you've been here before, but for those of you that missed uh, Jackie's announcement in the last episode, she's now editor at large, which means now Casey and I are co-piloting here. Mm-hmm. We're also joined by senior reviews editor Lee Hutchinson. That's me. And senior product specialist Andrew Cunningham. Hello. So uh, for today's topic, we're actually talking about 3D printing technology, which, as you guys know, can be used in medicine and science. You can build jewelry if you want. But you can also, if you know how to do it, print out components for a handgun. And so we wanted to take a look at that particular angle of the, of the issue. And uh, to do so, we want to give you a little bit of background on some of what's been done up to now with uh, handgun printing. So, uh, Casey, I know you looked a bunch of stuff up and uh, you're going to share it with us. Well, yeah, we've run a few articles on the subject of 3D printed guns by now. There is it, the, the sort of driving force behind it lately has been a company called, or a nonprofit actually, called Defense Distributed, which back in March, I believe our first coverage was of a video they circulated of a 3D printed gun firing 600 rounds off. Um, the design of the gun was an AR-15. Yeah, and it, the, I want to jump in just real quick, just so just to forestall commenters, uh, it wasn't actually an entirely printed, entirely 3D printed gun. The AR that they did, it was a 3D printed lower receiver with regular metal AR parts all around it, the barrel. Uh, the stock and all, all the rest of the components were regular AR components. It's just the lower receiver, which is from from the government's perspective, from a legal perspective, is the serialized gun, is the actual thing that must be controlled. <clears throat> that was the thing that they 3D printed. Sorry. Right. But you could, in theory, print the rest, the remainder of the gun. Or even if you can't like that, it, it'll it'll get there eventually. That's what we're talking about today. Well, this, yeah, there, yes. there's a um, there's a separate design called the Liberator, which is a small plastic pistol that I believe he the uh, the guy who kind of you know runs Defense Distributed has said that it can fire like up to nine rounds before it kind of breaks apart in your hand, which. You know, given that one is all you really need to to do some pretty serious damage to someone, still seems uh, seems important to note. Right, and they do they do claim that they that these guns can be made for a reasonably low cost, less the cost of a printer, which is still fifteen hundred dollars at least now. But the cost of printer filament to make the gun, they say, is about fifty dollars, and. Lee, I believe in an article you wrote about that Liberator, you said that there are necessary metal components to the gun. Right. But it yeah. could, it could, you could in theory print those. Well, mostly, you know, yeah. In addition to the normal so design. So the plans that they released, the ones that got, the ones that got pulled for being export control problems by the government, um, there were two metal components in the plans they published. The first one was a nail used as the firing pin, the thing that actually 
punches the primer on the back of the bullet and ignites the cartridge and shoots the bullet out of the gun. That has to be metal um, <clears throat> because it has to impact the little primer cap with a lot of force to set it off. And the other metal component is a six ounce slug uh, to comply with the um, the federal unidentified firearms. There's a federal act that that slug is in there to comply with so that the gun can be picked up by metal detectors without the slug. Um, the only metal component in the printed plans would be just a little bitty nail, which may or may not be enough to set off a, an airport magnetometer. I, I frankly don't know. And so, so they did. Uh, they did take those plans out of circulation. The the 3D printer gun plans. Yeah, my impression is that DefCAD pulled them. The Defense Distributed pulled them uh, in response to mm-hmm. the request from the. Oh man, and it wasn't the DoD. It was. It was another, the State another, Department. The State yeah. Department. The State Department. So they did pull them. Yes, but not after they had been downloaded and then re-uploaded. And now you can quite easily find them. And several several sites have uh, have actually pulled the plans down and tried to print it them. Or tried to print them. I know Hackaday did. Um, and Hackaday actually ran into some trouble getting it to getting the gun to work right. Um, they said the files weren't not all of them were scaled correctly and this, the components wouldn't quite print out the right way. And they had to go in there and do a lot of repair to the files before they could produce a <clears throat> a gun, uh, you know, they, before they could make their own liberator. And even the one that they did make had some components missing because they couldn't quite get it all to work right. But other sites have yeah, had no they- problems. The the I haven't seen a site have no problems, but I saw the Atlantic also had uh, it was sort of a uh, a misfiring, if you will, of <laughs> yeah. the of their pursuits. Well, it's hard, but, right? I mean, you've got to. You, I don't. I'm not really super familiar with the materials properties of the ABS plastic that they're using or whatever it is. But I mean, the big problem is you have to you have to construct a barrel and a chamber that can you know withstand the force of and the heat of the you know the the powder in a round exploding and then contain that explosion enough to propel the bullet out of the barrel. And that's difficult. Um, and then you've got to do, I mean, if you want it to fly straight, you need a somewhat of a long barrel. You need rifling inside the barrel. You, there's, there's a lot of stuff you got to do to make it work correctly. Andrew, you were going to say something. Um, I don't remember what it was. I did. Wa- All right. <laughs> I did want to Lee. It sounds like you're saying that, we don't need to worry about this necessarily because they're hard to make and they don't like necessarily work correctly. Like, is that the, is that the thrust of, I have, so I have three prepared points here. Here's what, okay. So to launch kind of into the debate part, 3d printed guns are right now. And for the foreseeable future will be more difficult to make than somebody going down to the hardware store uh, with with you know a copy of the anarchist cookbook under their arm and buying some PVC pipes and a knife and a nail and making a zip gun. I mean, <clears throat> and alternately, a 3D printed gun is still harder to produce and more expensive to produce than actually going down to Academy or whatever and buying a real gun, which I could go do in, in 60 seconds from walking in the front door of the store versus <laughs> having to go and 3D print one. Well, I mean, you are in are, you are in Texas. I understand that they give you a pistol when you cross the state line. They do, yeah. They <laughs> you, you, you get you get you get your choice. Uh, <laughs> so, but I think this level of difficulty is going to continue to be true until three D printers are ubiquitous, or at least cost less to buy than an actual firearm. Um, but you know, both of those points are predicated on legal acquisition being an option, and that I think is what a lot of people are worried about. Not that. You know, oh, my God, I can print a 3D gun off. It's going to be anarchy. More like, you know, 
there are already laws in place to prevent, uh, for example, to prevent felons from buying firearms. And the ability to 3D print yourself one might be seen as a way to circumvent that. Sure, However, because the regulation on this on technology issues especially tends to lag behind the reality of the technology by quite a bit. Yeah, but I would I would also posit that it's still going to be easier for a felon to go buy a gun at a gun show or go down to the corner and buy a gun off of, you know, the dude in the van or whatever than it is at least at least right now than it would be to go acquire a 3D printer and then print a 3D gun. Sure. And I'm 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 glad that you're making the um the not right now distinction like you're drawing that line in the sand because the the tendency with almost all you know modern technology is for it to get like cheaper for it to become more widely available to become like more accessible to people i think my concern is less with the lone person who's like going to go buy a gun and wants to do something and more with people who um want to kind of mass produce things like like to my mind at least potentially 3d printers make it much easier and it makes it so you need less like specialized knowledge to produce a whole bunch of guns kind of in a short period of time i think that's that's where my you know my big concerns with this technology comes in and i can totally see that sure um however kind of to answer that again it kind of comes back to the guy with the copy of the anarchist cookbook or you know some files from from cult of the dead cow.org or whatever uh going down and and i mean not to not that i'm some kind of like you know backyard firearms workshop wizard but it really is not that complicated to make a one or a two shot pistol out of out of raw materials that you can go buy at the hardware store or a bomb or you know whatever i mean it's it's a question of is a 3d printed gun more of at least it seems to me is a 3d printed gun more of a problem more of a potential problem than you know a dude with a truck full of zip guns made out of pvc pipe yeah i mean especially here at the beginning i think like i I was reading a story in the daily mail about somebody like a reporter who was able to print out the liberator like print out all the parts for it get it onto public transit um assemble it like in the bathroom or something in like half an hour Oh, that, that then, was a UK site. That yeah, that yeah, one. and then yeah. Um, and then like sit next to passengers like with it out, and like especially initially, and especially because I think it'll be kind of easy to change what these guns look like, you know, within uh, within a uh, certain parameters. Like I think detecting them will be will be another big problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think matters matters of cost and matters of time are I mean the ma- the matter of cost is just a matter of time really. Like the I mean 3D printers will get cheaper. You know, loading them up with filament will get cheaper. They will become like I mean even if that's not, you know, that's, you know, 20 30 years into the future, I think it's fairly reasonable to say it's going to happen and like you can go to is it Staples now that has 3D printers? You could like go to Staples and say I want you to print me this. And they can be like, okay, and then, you know, hand you your silicone, whatever. I don't know how I long know it takes that. them. That's but... kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, if, if it's not in effect, it's planned, I believe. I, I'm be pretty right sure back. I'm pretty sure it is out there. So then, so then my question becomes like, you know, if you go to Staples and say, you know, here's designs for a Liberator, should they be reticent to accede to your request? Or should they just be like, sure, we'll print you a gun? Well, I mean, and even if they say no, maybe you could say here's here's a request for you could you could part it out. Go to one staples and print the barrel, or go to a second staples and print the handle, or you know whatever. 
They'll never Absolutely. figure it out. A, I guess a response so, to that would be that you'd want to control you, – you'd do kind of like the government does with AR-style weapons and have – figure out which component is the component that makes the gun, uh, even though it doesn't necessarily make the gun. Just pick a component and that is the serialized and controlled component. And that's the one that Staples would be like, hell no, we're not printing that. Well, that's – I guess my, right. my question is um, how do you – how do you control this? I mean, like, like you see with even just like music piracy and video piracy, like it's much it's much harder to it's much harder to regulate stuff that's like up on the pirate bay than it is to regulate these guns that are all like made and like mostly made in factories and like there are established laws for dealing with them and stuff like that. Well, let me answer that with a with a question, because there's something else I think that we haven't actually touched yet. And it may be more it may be more central. And that that is what exactly are we we you know we the government we the people what exactly are we trying to stop here is it the mass production of illicit firearms because you know plastic does not a good firearm make but I guess if you're a felon and you can't buy a gun nominally or if you're a would be criminal living abroad in a country where it's difficult or get or impossible to get firearms being able to print off a gun and go shoot someone with a few dozen you know one or two times or five or 10 times or whatever out of a plastic barrel is better than nothing. But I mean, is that what we're trying to stop? We're trying to, is, is this just to stop people who shouldn't be having guns from having guns? Or is this part of a, part of a larger thing to where, you know, we shouldn't have any guns at all. I would say, I would say that my concern stems from the fact that it's a vector to a gun, even if it's a lesser version of a gun at this point. It's a vector to a gun that has none of the restrictions of a normal gun, but it's still as still can be or perhaps soon can be as effective as a gun, at least in terms of causing damage to other people. Yeah, the the fact that it can be out there unregulated, you know, you really can cobble together all these pieces and if you are trying to not show up on any arm, um, any police or law enforcement's radar, then you can, you can definitely put one of these together. And I think that, that I see as maybe the issue is, is regulation rather than whether people should have them or not. I mean, with, according to our laws, you know, that, that's, um, everybody has the right to bear them. So as long as that's the case, um, what are we trying to do about trying to, I guess, track some of these? Because let's say they are only good enough for one single good shot. Uh, that shot would be potentially lethal, right? So um, I don't know what the answer is. And, and I also, I've never actually gotten to play with one hands-on. So I don't know how tricky it would be to actually you mean a 3D I guess printer my question... or a 3D printed gun? You've never gotten your hands-on. <laughs> 3D okay. printed gun. Yep, the gun. My question is too, like... I, Lee, you've mentioned the the zip gun and building a gun out of PVC pipe, but are you know ha, my question is how how deadly I guess or like how 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 easily can a gun that you can build out of things that you get from a Home Depot cause harm compared to a, a liberator? like a lib assuming assuming you know reasonably perfect design and implementation of the liberator like. How how do those two things compare in terms of damage? Well, from what I remember, um, the Liberator pistol, it's got an interchangeable barrel, so it can fire different nominally if it works, can fire different calibers. And I believe that the one that the one that uh, that Defense Distributed tested it was a was a three eighty pistol round, 
which is really not that big of a round. I mean, it's not like teeny tiny, but it's not a, you know, big gigant or bullet firing out of the end of the firing out of the end of the barrel. Um, it's, it's a hard question to answer. Um, the amount of damage that a bullet does to a person is dependent upon the size of the round, the, how fast the bullet is traveling and, and the accuracy with which it can be fired kind of above all else. It doesn't matter what you're shooting. If it can't hit a target, the, Liberator pistol, at least the designs I've seen, have a really tiny little short barrel, which means it's inaccurate as hell, anything more than a few feet away. But the same could be said of, you know, whatever kind of PVC pipe zip gun you go and make out of the stuff you go buy at Home Depot. I think that <clears throat> it would be, you know, I'm not exactly a ballistics expert, but I <laughs> probably, yeah, I mean, you could certainly cobble together something that would be at least as dangerous that would shoot roughly the same size round. I mean, you know, a 22 caliber round will kill you if it hits you, you know, in the right place or nicks an artery and you bleed out. Right. I mean, it's, it's just interesting to think about that. It's a lot of trouble to go through. Obviously, if you want to cause harm to people, you could just as easily build, build a bomb, right? Like a homemade bomb or some other type of um, anti-personnel. Well, or device. go buy it, go buy a knife so, or go build a potato gun that shoots. Knives. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, I'm so intrigued about um, some of the, the the stuff about just how the firearms work. Um, do you, now, what's what's the waiting period in Texas for for getting your license and all of that? So every state has very very different handgun laws. Fascinatingly mm -hmm. enough, um, and even more fascinatingly, if you want to go to the state in the union that has probably the least restrictive handgun laws, it is Vermont, where there's no restriction on concealed carry, no restriction on open carry. It's basically the old west with Ben and Jerry's and people in vests. Um, for Texas specifically, so I mean, I I've owned my share of guns. I own my share of guns, and I've fired lots of different ones. I have a concealed carry permit, um, and have for many, many, many years. And there, there is no waiting period for firearm purchasing in Texas. There is a mandatory background check. Um, but seriously, if I, you know, if I had five or 600 bucks in my pocket and I wanted to go buy a, a brand shiny new pistol, I'd, I'd walk down to Academy. I'd pick the one I want, um, pull out my credit card, and my license, fill out a form, wait 30 seconds for the automated system to do its automated background check and walk out with a gun. It's, it's relatively easy. And there is, um, and that's for handguns. Handguns are typically the tightest controlled. If I was, I mean, unless you want to go buy an automatic weapon or something, and that's, there's federal paperwork for that. But every state has different laws. Some states have extremely restrictive laws on, you know, how long the waiting period is, if there is a waiting period. Um, <clears throat> some states don't. Hmm. I guess my concern is, too, is the nature of a a plastic gun that it's just not you know concealed carry you walk through a metal detector it's like now everyone knows you have a gun but in theory you could make it sounds it sounds to me you could make at least a rudimentary gun that is not detectable you could bring it on a plane if you well, wanted to and then to. that's what happened with the uh, in the UK like they walked through a metal detector like they have security yeah to get on public transit or at least the specific public transit system that the reporter was getting on and they and they made it through and part of it was because the gun you know hadn't been assembled and didn't look like a gun yet and part of it is probably just like you know the security people don't know to look for that kind of stuff yet so does it just snap to, is it just like pieces, is it like Legos? You just snap it together? Yeah, there's, there's a little assembly. 
um, the, the pieces come out of the 3D printer and you just sort of like click them together. I mean, not click. There's no like little brick heads or anything. But yeah, they fit together. They're little plastic springs wow. and the barrel slides into the end. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, in general, like I am, I don't think that most people, most civilian people need guns. Like I find most of the common gun like arguments in favor of gun ownership to be kind of, I mean, I guess I'll say silly because I don't have a better word, but like, I, I, I don't agree with most of them, but you know, in all the research that I've done for this podcast, you know, looking into 3d printed guns specifically, like, you know, you don't, we don't tightly regulate the components for like, you know, homemade PVC guns and like homemade bombs and things like there's no, there's not a great way to, uh, to regulate 3D printers, I don't think. Like, just because, like, unlike a traditional gun, like, one of the things that I don't, you know, you'll hear arguments that say, you know, oh, are you going to regulate knives? Are you going to regulate fists? Are you going to regulate all this other stuff that can hurt people? And, I, you know, the, the answer to that is, you know, no, obviously, like, but I can't use a gun to like carve a turkey with like there's not there's not a use for a gun that is not you know hurting somebody (laughs) but um like 3d printed stuff you know obviously there are a ton of non-harmful uses for them so like do we can we justify regulating them because they could potentially use you know be used to harm somebody and i don't think there's an easy answer for that no and i think that if we get the government to come in and, and regulate and it does the typical bang up job that it does when regulating basically anything <laughs> that it's good. We're going to end up with a more confusing, more complicated situation than we are in right now. Yeah. I think, I think the question worth asking is I'm, I, it seems like to me, the natural locus for regulating guns should be the designs. And maybe there's not a good way to do that right now but should is it even worth trying i guess is my is my question i think it's worth trying and i think people are worth trying you know the fact that the people are trying already i mean like the fact that the state department had defense distributed take their you know take their schematic or you know their 3d printing template for this gun down is a sign that they at least want to try but the question is how fruitful are those efforts going to be if i can hop on pirate bay and, you know, get the design anyway. Right. I guess th- well, that's sort of a fatalist argument. Like you can, you know, there's a diff, like you could say, oh, what's the point of, of regulating? I don't know. Um, what's what's the, the medicine that people make used to make meth? Sudafed. Sudafed. So like not watched Breaking Bad recently enough. I know I had it's been like it's been too it's been off too long. So like, I mean. That's that's semi-regulated. Like at, at least a pharmacist will raise an eyebrow to you if you try to buy fifty packets of Sudafed. But um, I have a really so, bad but that's cold. sort of like saying, oh, oh, you know, even if you can't walk into to a pharmacy to buy Sudafed, you can, you know, go down to the black market, you know, somewhere and buy some. But it's like those are two very different things. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not saying we shouldn't try. I think we should. We should try to keep weapons out of the hands of people who like should not have weapons, you know, under whatever definition of the law that you're using. But I'm just like, especially with this, that, you know, it, it, you can get the stuff digitally and, you know, historically bits have proven harder to contain. Like it's, it's going to be more of an uphill battle, I think. 
Right. Well, you know, the I think for me personally, just my my own views, I, I don't I don't fall so far on the libertarian side where I really think, well, leave me alone. I should have as many handguns as I as I need to. Um, and at the same time, I also think that we those are the laws we have in place here. I would prefer not to have guns in our society. I, I don't think there's a place for them, but we do have them. They're there, and there's a lot of people who know how to handle guns well and use them for hunting for you know generally um i guess constructive let's call them constructive uh, purposes if if you want to argue that but i think knowing that that i think that for me what would be interesting would be to see if the design community literally the people that designed this could do something to help prevent or at least to identify where where guns came from or how they came to be so something equivalent to a watermark in a design where if you were caught shooting somebody to death with a, with a gun that was printed and, and somehow in that design there was proof of where it had come from or who the designer was. I'm not saying that would help or, or even solve the issue, but it might just create some more accountability for who's responsible for creating the designs, what they're for, and... Uh, to know that, you know, at least we, we have a way of tracking a few things without asking people like, oh, you know, you've got to go through a six-month period to just get a 3D printer. Well, and here's the thing. I We don't have a representative from from, from the DEFCAD site on here. So, I mean, we don't have anybody who can who can speak for them. But the point of view from, from what I've read from both their site and, and the, the stuff that Sarus has written and the stuff that Forbes has written, the, the founders of this site, Cody Wilson um, – and uh, and the rest of those guys who are who are sort of running defense distributed, um, <laughs> the purpose of releasing these files wasn't to you know facilitate the getting three D printed handguns into felons' hands or anything like that. Um, the purpose of releasing these, I mean, a lot of these guys are, and I, I'm not, I, I don't mean this in a in a bad way, this is a self a, a term that they've used to describe themselves. A lot of these guys have anarchist leanings, kind of, and the purpose of releasing these files was to release the files, was to put that out there and 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 prove that, you know, it's almost a proof of concept. Look, here is a three D printed handgun. We can do this. It can be done in a way that the government can't control. And and screw you guys, it's out there. What are you going to do? Um, this is, they were they were released with almost uh, almost agitation in mind. Uh, and there's, I mean, I don't want to go too far off into crazy territory here, but we, I mean, ultimately the United States, which is where we all live here, is a country founded on an organized armed uprising. And even though the reasons behind that are pretty severely whitewashed, um, and I wouldn't even feel comfortable listing them off without doing a lot of research, we exist as a nation uh, essentially because of a, a rebellion, even though it's not as cool as the Star Wars rebellion. And I'm not one of those guys who expects, you know, Obama to kick down my door and demand my guns, but I am a little automatically leery of any legislation that aims to reduce access to what I would consider reasonable civilian applicable weapons like pistols and shotguns. On the other hand, I totally recognize my hypocrisy in saying that I don't think AR style weapons are appropriate and that anybody really needs them. Um, that's that's my own hypocrisy that I have to deal with. But the idea of pulling, of automatically assuming, you know, th- guns bad, 3D printed guns bad, guns shouldn't be in society, um, you know, we need to regulate and pull and control and everything. I, I don't, that's not something that I morally agree with. It just, it doesn't sit well with me. It's just like, 
And that's that's one of the core arguments in favor of like civilian, you know, firearm ownership that I disagree with. Like I'm 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 going to read this from Defense Distributed's about page. Um, this is this is the impact that they that they hope that their their project has. It says this project might change the way we think about gun control and consumption. How do governments behave if they must one day operate on the assumption that any and every citizen has near instant access to a firearm through the internet? And like, I don't want to rain on your parade, but if the government is intent on like, you know, taking over by force, like the dude sitting in his basement with a 3D printed gun does not have anything on the U.S. military and tanks and bomber planes and unmanned drones. Like your handgun is not going to prevent the thing that you are worried about. <laughs> and so I, I just I find that kind of security blanket argument that, you know, defense distributed in this case is making to be to be kind of fallacious. Like, I just don't I don't. I don't think that's a good argument in favor of them. I think we can really lay aside the issue of uh, legitimate gun access or like whether people who you have no reason to believe shouldn't have guns, whether or not they should have access to 3D printed guns. But it just seems to me such a even if it's not now a wide open vector to guns, it it seems like it's getting there. And my question is whether we should, like, not even whether, we've sort of answered whether, but just sort of how we can sort of lock that down in terms of preventing people who shouldn't have guns from getting guns by just, you know, accessing a 3D printer. Or I don't know if there's, if a 3D printer black market crops up somewhere, <laughs> I would love to see it, but just something like that. Yeah, and that's a very hard question to answer. And I don't know, I mean, what what do you make illegal that isn't already illegal in order to make that happen? Yeah. If you are a mm-hmm. convicted felon or whatever right now, I, I don't have the exact law up in front of me, but if you're a convicted felon right now, you cannot walk into a store and buy a gun. Well, let, let me say this too, just in terms of like an industry that that makes money, because there is a gun industry, whether it's legal or illegal – a lot of people, you know, make their living doing this just by selling and buying. Uh, it seems to me right now the, the 3D printing option would be so cost ineffective. It may not cause that much of, a, of an impact, at least at first, until they get more sophisticated or easier to mass produce. If you can just go out there and quickly pick up something for, I don't know, I've, I have no idea what that would be, but let's say $300 and then you've got your handgun, whether it's legal or illegal – then you've got a high-quality product that is going to do what you need it to do. Um, it seems to me we, we might still be far off from like the real reality of them being that popular, but it's not too, um, that shouldn't stop us from thinking about that because I'll say this again. I really think a society without guns would be better. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that even though I think at least like Lee, you and I have kind of opposing opinions on the the core question of gun ownership, but we have the same doubts and questions. I think about like what do you do about the three D printed gun question specifically? Like, yeah, like yeah, how 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 do you effectively regulate that? Even if you think that it should or shouldn't be, like I don't know. No, that's that's very right. Um, I mean, part of the problem is that there is there's this inseparable, unbreakable tie 
to firearms in a lot of Americans. Weapons, particularly handguns, are a link in a lot of people's minds to a not terribly distant frontier past, and no small number of people view that as a better time. And in their heads, this is crossed with gun ownership and having guns is like part of being an independent American, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so what what do you regulate and how do you regulate it with that in mind? Uh, and I, I don't have a good answer. I guess it doesn't make for a good podcast, but I don't really have a good answer. <laughs> I think that regulating 3D printers in and of themselves is a horrible, stupid reactionary idea. And I also believe that that's one of the things that one of the measures on the table right now like regulating 3d printers themselves totally yeah that that to me seems excessive because i think 3d printers are really cool and have a lot to offer um so that's sort of that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater to me yeah definitely Stupid baby yeah, i mean th you're getting close to saying things sort of like well don't you know ban people's access to the internet because they might write about terrible things you could do to other people Right. Like, just, no, that that's much too extreme. I, I would, again, like to see more focus on just what's happening with the commercial and the illegal uh, gun trade. I think that's where the real problem is. How how difficult, I mean, you said earlier that uh, Defense Distributed, when they did the AR-15 demo, it was just, it was just the lower, but the, the was it the barrel and a couple other parts of the gun were not, yeah, everything, were not 3D manufactured? Yeah, everything except the Are those... lower was, was regular, was metal. Or, are the other parts difficult to make? Are they are they more likely to break down under the the three you know, D printer materials? Or why why didn't they? Yeah, that, well, they are. I mean, it's hard to it's know. hard to design. I mean, firearm design, handgun design, and AR you know rifle design. It, it's not it's not easy. That's why you're not seeing people making high quality firearms in the you know the forge in their backyard. That's why you go pay, you know. Five, six, seven hundred dollars for a decent pistol. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for a really, really nice one because they're they're hard to make. Um, the, the there are structural issues with the types of materials that three D printers can produce because essentially you have to contain and channel an explosion. And you know when you're doing that with plastic, the plastic deforms, the plastic melts. Uh, that's why the Liberator such as it is when they're, you know, if you watch the video of Cody Wilson on the firing range, firing it, um, after he, you know, he, he steps up to the line, he raises the gun, he snaps off a shot and he lowers it and everybody cheers because it's like, oh my God, it didn't blow up and kill you. Hooray. We did it right. And that's, you know, it, 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 we laugh, but that that's a possibility when you're dealing with a gun that you've made yourself. Mm -hmm. So then I, I just thought of this too, but, uh, I assume bullets are, you know, there's not really a good way to 3D print a bullet. No, no. Can't no, really no, be, no, right? No, But, I mean, and this is probably, this would be worth an entire other podcast. There is an entire home industry of people who um, who who create and reload their own rounds. I mean, that's like, that's an mm -hmm. extremely popular hobby. You see people picking up shells at gun ranges so they can go home and make their own reloads. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, totally. That's... That's a humongous thing. There are there are no we're gonna we're gonna get commenters in the comments if people listen to the podcast all the way through being like, oh, I reload. It's totally it's totally a common thing, um, and in some cases can even save you money if you are firing a lot of rounds. But so yeah, because I was gonna say, I was gonna say maybe the key here would be to regulate bullets, but it sounds like that's not gonna be a, a practical approach either. No, I mean, <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure in a pinch you could find some metal with like a low melting point or something and make like well, a lead. passable bullet out of it. Yeah, make, make lead. 
That's yeah. what they that's yeah. what they use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, darn then. <laughs> are bullets are bullets regulated at all? Can you like can anybody just get a box of bullets? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it just guns that are okay? Yeah, no, you you totally go buy you can buy bullets all day long. I mean, there's. <laughs> there's there's like the the myth that's perpetrated about there being special cop killer armor piercing bullets blah 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 like in like in that one lethal weapon movie with like the purple tipped bullets with lethal weapon three or whichever the hell one that was man you know that, a lot about lethal weapon <laughs> doesn't everybody know a lot about lethal weapon it's like the greatest that's... series of movies ever <laughs> there's bullets like that i mean that kind of stuff isn't really real uh, I mean, you can go down to, to, you know, whatever your, your sporting goods store of choice Academy or sports authority or whatever. And there's shelves and shelves and shelves of different calibers and different types, um, hollow point. They, there's like home defense rounds, which are typically hollow point. And then there's uh, range rounds that are cheaper, full metal jacket rounds. There's all kinds of bullets. You can go buy bullets all day long, man. All the fun I could be having with bullets, and I'm just not. I could be buying them. I could be making them. I'm just sitting here not at all involved with bullets. Bullets all day long is actually a really good name for a bullet store. If that's not if that's not taken, we should consider well, that. Well, let's just – let's – Let's change the name of the podcast to Bullets, bullets All Day Long. All day long. And then... Well, but I, I, here in Brooklyn, do you think that we could have an artisanal bullet? <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Excuse me. Is this bullet organic? Oh, man. Is this a locally that sourced? That would go over bullet? so well. Vegan Where bullets? Where does the come from? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stupid, oh, man. stupid So, you guys, uh, <laughs> stupid bullets. Um, so... We've been uh, doing this a little bit more often now on the show where we ask questions related to the topic of the week and then we get some comments from people. And this time we're actually – we got a lot of comments on Facebook and I'm going to read a few. I'm going to refrain from listing last names on here just so that uh, people's privacy can be respected a bit. But I will mention first name and uh, again, we are on Facebook. So if you go to find us there, you just search for Ars Technica. And um, we've got a couple, just, just going to read a couple. We got about 25, but uh, we don't have time to read them all, everybody. So if you want to see the rest of them, just go to the page. Uh, we got one here from Terry who says, there's a whole hobby community of people who are gunsmiths and mill parts in their home garages and workshops. This is simply ignorant fear of technology and pandering for votes out of fear. Uh, we also have somebody named Helmet, not as in Helmut, but helmet, M-E-T. And uh, he tells us, uh, or she, this is a fruitless debate. The plans are already on TPB, so the only way to control 3D printed firearms is by giving Congress control over the 3D printers. But the 3D printers can be jailbroken by anybody who really wants to. Thus, we arrive at an endpoint of futility. It's like the marijuana war. You know you won't win, and that all logic and science debases your entire position at a fundamental level. But it's Congress, so I expect them to soon declare all chemical reactions illegal, except for the ones they allow. And we've got one more here. Gabriel tells us, Well, I think firearm blueprints for 3D printing should be subjected to very similar, if not exactly the same laws, as commercially made firearms are. To me, what is used to manufacture them or who manufactures them makes no difference. And certainly the wide availability of circumvention measures would not play a part, should not play a part in the lawmaking stage, only in the enforcing one, in my humble opinion, in which I agree overzealousness and justice for show is stupid and counterproductive. 
So send us in more comments on that question, and um, we will read more on the show uh, for the next uh, topic. But, um, yeah, there we have it. So I think, you know, we've got people, like, all over the spectrum, as I was expecting before we did this this uh, episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that second comment, man, like, I'm pretty sure the marijuana war is being slowly won by marijuana <laughs> no, enthusiasts. Yeah. Well, which, like, which side of the war is that person is helmet on? I'm not, it's not clear from the question, I guess. It's not really. Yeah. She or she yeah. does not come down on either side. Just that it's not. I she he or she sounded a little bit wistful that it's not going anywhere. So I can only assume that. <laughs> well, it, it it kicked off with this is a fruitless debate, which sort of suggests that it's you know he or she wanted to share some ideas, but that it's not like we're sure. going to make that much progress in this. Uh, but I think we can. I, I I personally do disagree with that. Uh, that I think. The debate, if it's a healthy one, you know, can get us to a better place. I'm, I mean, I, I realistically don't think in my lifetime I will ever see handguns and guns restricted, but that's okay. I think there's there's a way to live with them that uh, can be more pacifist, and I just don't have to have one in my house. That's right? just so. like your opinion, man. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, it's my artisanal yeah, opinion. Opinions the on the internet. Yeah, Handcrafted, bespoke opinions. <laughs> <laughs> One of a kind. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think we've reached uh, the end of our, our show here. And uh, I want to thank everybody that uh, participated in our Ars Technica-style debate-type show. I know we didn't do a full-on uh, traditional debate, but this was really fun. I want to remind all our listeners that we are on Stitcher. We are in the iTunes store, so you can leave us a review there. You can also just listen to the show directly on our page, and you can find us on SoundCloud as well. So if you uh, have opinions about handguns that are printed with 3D printers, uh, send those in to us. Uh, You can send us a tweet, go to our Facebook page, and um, yeah, tell us what you think. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for being here, uh, Lee and Casey and Andrew. Yeah, thank, thanks yeah, all. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And we'll see you the next time. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Woo-hoo. Bye, guys. Bye.